podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. By the way, if you haven't already heard, it's Smooth Sack Summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below-the-belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code SPURS20. That's S-P-U-R-S-2-0. SPURS20. We're back. The Spurs show is back for a new season, our 439th consecutive season. And this could be the one. This is what we're thinking. I've got two great guests with me to preview, uh, as I say, what could be a momentous uh, nine months. First of all, welcome back, Danny Greenberg. Thank you for having me again. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great season. Oh, good. I'm so pleased. And uh, thanks for coming back. So uh, also with us, Vaughan Stein. How are you, Vaughan? I'm very well, thank you. Equally as excited and not cynical at all, I promise. Great. Is this your debut, Vaughan, or have you been on before? No, it is. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, great. Well, Vaughan, <laughs> uh, as um, many listeners may know, you are an international film director. It is my duty to all debutants to ask you, what was your first game watching Tottenham Hotspur? My first game... Oh, my dad's going to kill me for getting this wrong because I was oh, I was basically too young to remember it, and all I really remember is the tasty tater and getting <laughs> stuck in the turnstile in the Paxton because he used to sneak me in between his legs, and we got Did stuck he? in the turnstile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it would have been eighty-seven. I was three. Oh, I have a th- I have a feeling it was Nottingham Forest. The first one I really, really remember actually was the Forest Cup final ninety-one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, remember, yeah, I remember that vividly. That's the first one I have and were really full memories of. Were you yeah. at that game? Yeah. And how was, old were yeah. you? How old were you then? Then you were like I what, seven. Was or seven. Yeah. Wow. Seven. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I vividly remember it. I, I remember. Uh, I remember being on my dad's shoulders on Wembley High Road, back to, uh, sorry, on Olympic Way, not Wembley High Road, back towards the, uh, yeah. the station, and everyone going mad. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. I was hooked yeah. forever. Quite a day. Did you think? Did you think then that that would be the last time we won the yeah. FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I, I think, was going to say. I think it was the moment that, well, who was it? Prince Boateng scored in the 80th minute against Portsmouth. I thought, we're, I'm never going to see us, uh, I'm never going to see us win it again, am I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly that day we didn't think, God, we'd be sitting here over 30 years later yeah. thinking, are we ever going to win the cup again? Never mind the bloody league. But as we as we hinted at right at the beginning here, maybe just maybe. This is the year because there's so much, there's so much excitement. I mean, even the neutrals, even the pundits are saying Spurs. This could be Spurs' year. Nobody's I, happily. Nobody is tipping us to win the title, apart from me, of course. <laughs> uh, but um, but things look good. I mean, we, we've got things to talk about. It's a very exciting at this moment in the season because anything's possible. We've got an actual. Premier League game to preview, which we will come on to at the weekend, our first game of the season against Southampton. We've got what was a very competitive um, 
final pre-season friendly on Saturday to look back on it. What well, didn't feel much like a friendly a lot of the time, p- possibly perhaps partly due to the fact that it was Conti um, versus Mourinho. Uh, we played Roma and we played them in Israel. Now, Danny, you were at that yep. game and you you actually played. I've seen pictures of you all over social media hanging out with the players and playing well, an integral part in that Tottenham visit to Israel. Tell us about your role in that. Well, the pictures you saw of me hanging out with the players and my kids was just a byproduct, if you like, a thank you for... I uh, organised their community event on Friday morning, which was with a group called... a charity NGO called The Equaliser, who bring Jewish, Arab... Druze, Bedouin, children, Christians, Muslim, together all over Israel, combining football training with extra academic support to give uh, disadvantaged children, whether socially, economically or behaviorally, you know, uh, a good, the best possible start in life. So uh, I'm friends with Loran, who's the founder of that great cause. And, you know, I have friends, friends at the club, so I connected them. I told them that, you know, if you do... If you just do one thing in Israel, it's got to be this, you know, and I did the lobbying and schmoozing on behalf of the Equalizer to get the best possible uh, event, which we did. So we had Hugo Lloris, uh, Eric Dyer, Matt Doherty and Ryan Sessignon, surprise 45 kids of all ethnicities and religion from around across Israel uh, who were expecting, they were only expecting Ledley to be there as club ambassador and the global development coaches. And what they got was to basically train, play, have a knock around with, well, World Cup winner, World Cup winning captain in wow. Hugo. Yeah. So it's quite fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And it looks like, I was looking at the charity, it seems like a great charity. It is. I mean, that's just only one of their programs. They have about half a dozen programs. They have a separate girls football program. They have a basketball program. They have a swimming program. Uh, so really a great course. You know, it's teaching them not only academic subjects, but life skills. Great. Confidence, self-esteem. And it's, you know, it's about coexistence. Once a month, regionally, the teams get together for a tournament. So, uh, you know, it's Jewish kids then playing against Arab kids or Drew's kids, you know, who wouldn't normally necessarily mix. So yeah. it's uh, so it's, it's the biggest uh, social advancement through sport charity in Israel. So four thousand kids across Israel. Great. Oh, and the club were just absolutely fantastic. They they've donated every single sh- match worn shirt, autographed by each individual player. Brilliant. They'll be uh, they have to return to London for drying, and then they'll be signed, and then they're coming back here. They'll be shipped back here for auction. If you go to the Equalizer Education on Top Facebook group, the, the, uh, there'll be a link there to the auction when it happens. I've put it already on the Spurs Show Facebook group. I'll put it on there again. You know, Brilliant. I love that they that they take them back for drying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is the kind of attention to detail, yeah. you know, you, that you can really appreciate. I like that. They didn't just say, yeah, have the shirts. You're right. I mean, I only found that out from, and I have to say the club were absolutely incredible. I mean, every single member of the team who represented the club were just interested, engaged, enthusiastic, polite, 
you know, uh, kind, great special mention goes to Sarah P, the PR manager. I mean, she's just you couldn't you couldn't wish for a better representative of the club. She was incredible. Ledley, great guy. When you're speaking to him, you really get the sense that he's interested in you and what you have to say. So really, thanks, huge thanks to the club, everyone at the club. Uh, and interesting, can I just say, add one thing? That what I got the sense of is that they're all one team, the backroom staff, the players. And I think that's, that, that could be very, very important going into this season, really. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, those things are really important. It's just so glads, gladdens the heart to hear all of that, that things are so healthy uh, off the pitch, you know, because I agree with you. I think that it's the whole organisation uh, needs to be uh, pulling as one, and that's great to know. Did you – you then got to go to the game, presumably. The game was the uh, low light of the weekend. I mean, it wasn't a great <laughs> game, was it? But it, it was nice. But it was it was interesting, wasn't it? It, it was the first half. Uh, the second half was interesting because – like you said, I think it was. I think Mourinho had wound up the their players. I think he didn't want to lose to Conte. Yeah. He probably at halftime. That's what he was probably telling them. So there were some quite feisty challenges and confrontations. It was mostly all Spurs supporters there. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't full by any way, but there was mostly Spurs supporters. It was nice, you know. My daughter went to her first game. I know people who went to their first games. So yeah, yeah. You know, so when your daughter's on the Spurs show in five years' time and I say, what was your first game? That'll be the first yep. game. Yeah. yeah. Actually, she's really excited. And now she's, I mean, she she was from all or nothing. She really likes Harry and Sonny. So mm. she got selfies with them. So Great. she was well pleased. Great. Did you see the game, Vaughn? I did, yeah. I did. What did, you, what did you make of it? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but I think in terms of you know playing friendlies with a competitive edge and you know players leaving out you know actually you know leaving it out on the pitch, it was great. You know, it was just, so it was the Seville game, wasn't it? It's it's just nice. It's nice to have a run of friendlies where you know there's teeth in it and players are actually playing in a competitive spirit and there are little dust ups on the pitch. It, I think it makes a difference. It's going to get them match fit quicker. Like we don't need processional friendlies. We need to get fit quickly instilling that Conti mindset like these are the you know these are the type of games that are going to make us better you know we're going to start quickly and fresh hopefully you know and the, and the thing is you think the way he's been beasting them in pre-season I mean as I understand it I, I might not be wrong but I think they've been doing sessions on the days of the games haven't they I mean it's not about the result it's about getting as many minutes into their legs and getting them up to speed as quickly as possible. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with that. I mean, the thing, obviously, if you watched it on Spurs play or wherever, or, I mean, it's Israel in summer, it, but it really was hot and humid. And, you know, originally I thought, well, is this a good idea bringing them here? To, but maybe they factored that in. And uh, like you say, it's not about the performance and the fact we lost. Maybe they factored, you know, I'm not a sports scientist, maybe they factored in that they wanted to give them a good run out in challenge them really physically in that sort of, those sort of conditions. Yeah, like like the career leg, you know, like like training so exhaustively in that humidity. I mean, it's it's going to get them into peak condition quickly. And yeah, I think, you know, as we're all saying, it's just, it's not about the results. It's, it's about getting them fit, getting the blood going again, you know, and it, it seems to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, in the old days for pre-season, you'd go on tours and you'd play, you might go to Ireland or or Scandinavia, and you'd play inferior teams. You'd play quite a few games against 
teams from inferior leagues. What he's done this time is actually played four games, that's all, and three of them have uh, been against good teams, good European sides. Rangers are a good side. Seville, obviously, are a very good side, and Roma are a very good side uh, with really good players. And, um, yeah, and he spent the rest of the time, rather than spending a lot of time with games that are less demanding, he's, he's basically, like you said, beasted them. He's absolutely... But, you know, really, really got me into shape. And that that's him. And uh, that's one of the many reasons why we're excited about Conte, because he he pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. What's been interesting, I like this Spurs play thing, by the way, this new uh, facility that allows you to watch these games. I mean, uh, actually, once the season gets going, I don't know. I, don't, I suppose it'd be less essential because you'd be watching games through other means. But um, it's been great. It's the first time I can remember ever watching all of the pre-season friendlies, all of them live. And it's and and what's fascinating about it, of course, in this particular pre-season especially, is these six new signings. Suddenly we've got this huge squad and we've got cover in all positions. And there's a game, a kind of parlour game that's going on in, on Twitter at the moment. People trying to select the first 11 because it's not that easy. And that's in a good way. You know, there are good players for all positions. There aren't many inked in starters. I mean, I guess Luis, Romero, Kane and Son, not really, not really anyone else. Um, what do you say Dyer? Yeah, I'd yeah. say Dyer. Sure. Yeah. yeah, probably Dyer. I mean, I, I, I think Dyer is... The, of all those short starters, Dyer is probably for me the biggest worry because he still mm. still looks a little bit wobbly. He still looks inclined to just pop the ball to the opposition in you know twenty yards from goal every now and then just just, just to see what happens. It seems yeah. like, but he but, does. It, I, I I have to say I am a I am a massive Dyer apologist. I think he's wonderful. I think anyone who bleeds for the shirt the way he does, mm. you know, I'll I'll always. I, I, that kind of heart, that kind of spirit that he gives, and uh, there are there are better Premier League defenders, and we could probably sign better Premier League defenders. I just think he brings a spirit and he brings a leadership that, however outstanding Romero is, he doesn't have. Because when Dyer was injured in January, February, we looked a very different team, even with Romero in here. Yeah, and I and I think you know he 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 adds a cohesion to that back three. And, and again, I'm sorry to jump in on your point there. I just, I do think that we are, until we find a another leader who is a better version of Dyer, he is, he does his job extremely well. I agree with you. I'm a big fan as well. He's a leader, like you said, and he's a, he's a proper, almost old, kind of old school hard man as well, mm. I think. I mean, yeah. really, his, his nails, he really is. Yeah, no one pushes him around. And when you've got him and Romero in the same back three, that's quite scary, isn't it, from the opposition's point of view? I mean, when you think back, it's not really since Miller and Roberts have you had two more petrifying uh, characters. The bit, and, and that's a great thing, you know, that, that goes a long way. And he's a leader He's a leader off the pitch as well, sorry. Yeah. He's a leader off the pitch. Yeah, because he's very intelligent, isn't he, and very urbane and... Um, you know, bilingual and all that stuff. And so I think he's elite. So, th- so that it's interesting because he's, he's sort of Graham Roberts off the pitch and Danny Blanche flower off it, which is oh. great, which is not a bad, yeah. not a bad combo. And also the thing about him, I remember thinking last season, cause he definitely gets a little bit better. It, every game, he just gets a little bit better and a little bit more reliable as a center half. And of course he did have that. He had two or three years playing in midfield for England mm. as well as uh, mm-hmm. Tottenham. So is I think I always think about that position, centre-half, is so much about nous, knowing what to do, savoir-faire, and that comes with games. 
and and I I always think of him like Gary Mabbott. Gary Mabbott had a lot of time in his early career in midfield and other positions, ended up at centre-half and just got better and better and better. By the time Mabbott was in his 30s, not only was he a leader and the captain, he was actually became a really, really good, almost immaculate centre-half, I thought. And right up between the age of like 29, 30 to when he retired, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I actually thought he never got the credit he deserved as a as a brilliant defender because he was such a great ambassador and such a great guy. People didn't, you know, were distracted from the fact. And I think I see Dyer going that way. I hope so anyway. But I thought, um, I think Sanchez has had a great preseason. Really good. I think that the surprises for me are Sanchez. He's always never quite come through, never quite justified the fee since that first season. But he's sort of turned into a bit of a whipping boy, hasn't he, over the last sort of two or three years? And he's another, you know, he's he's big, he's fast, he's powerful, he's good in the tackle. And yeah. when he plays alongside cultured players, when he plays alongside footballers who can distribute, because frankly, he can't. He's, he can't, yeah. He, you know, he will always do a job. In fact, you know, like, and we, look, we always come back to it, don't we? You know, everyone's heart just fell through their knees when, if, you know, five minutes before the Arsenal game, you find out that um, uh, Romero's done his hip and Sanchez is playing and he barely yeah. put a foot wrong for those last he three was, games. He was brilliant. He was outstanding. Weirdly, I was saying to everyone, don't worry, I think he's going to be great. And he yeah. was, yeah. I mean, he you can see why Conti likes him in the mix. Yeah. But of course, he's going to find it hard to get a start because you've got Romero definitely starts on the right. Dyer definitely starts in the middle. And then you've got this fantastic choice between Davis and Longley. What did you mm. What did you think of Longley, Danny? Yes. Well, I mean, they didn't have a lot of attacking ambition in the second half Roma, did they? Uh, so, uh, but he certainly seemed very comfortable on the ball. Absolutely. Uh, the main The main take from the actual game is, I think Perisic is going to be, I think yeah. it's class. Yeah. Really yeah. do. Yeah, and the only thing is, is because of his age, maybe he won't play every game, you know, throughout the season. But I think, I think he'll make a real difference. Yeah. And everyone was better around him. Every, everyone is improved by by playing, you know, playing in proximity to Perisic. You could you could see that, he, you know, even in the, the Rangers cameo, everything looked better down the left when he was on. You know, he's another he's another natural leader just by by virtue of what he's done and where he's been. But I think he's got the personality as well. Cessignon, who's obviously his main rival for that position, said that he's been giving him tips and teaching him stuff in training. He's only just arrived and he's basically taken Cessignon's position. But he's so confident in himself that he's been working with Cessignon on that. And I, I think you're right. Uh, he's not going to start every game because of his age. But I think uh, Cessignon, again, is good backup for that position he seems to get better all the time but he's obviously he's not he's not uh as good and won't start so then i mean we could talk now maybe about the southampton actually before we do that because we're getting on to that let me do the old housekeeping we're going to take a quick break and then uh we'll be back shortly and we are back in the room so Just before we continue and talk about the Southampton game, let me just tell you this. For premium content, including a daily news show with ex-player interviews and original documentary series, go to Spurs on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Our monthly London live show, by the way, returns next month. They're always good. We've got some great guests coming up. So sign up and join us at season.spursshow.net. You can follow us on Facebook. We've got a big, lively Facebook group. Twitter also. We're big on Twitter 
and Instagram. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes if you get a moment, because that really helps spread the word. Uh, we've got great merchandise at the moment. We've got brand new Celebrity Spurs t-shirts. We've got the Human Son and Antonio Conti designs. We've got the old Woolwich Wanderers classic and much, much more. And next week's guests are the legendary Julie Welch and an actual bona fide Blanche Flower, Richard Blanche Flower himself. So looking forward to that. Now, as I said, Saturday, so excited for the new season at Southampton. Now we've talked about, uh, let's talk about who we think is going to start. So we've already talked, we, we know it'll be Lloris. We know, we know that about who's going to play right wing back. Now that is a real that is a real question because we seem to have about four options there, don't we? We've got Doherty, who is a right wing back by trade and seemed last season before he got injured to be the first choice for that position. We've got uh, Emerson Royale, who is more of a fullback. So therefore not so good going forward, not such a cross up. And yet he really did come to the foot when he had to do it last season. Towards the end of the season, he put in some amazing shifts, I thought. And then you've got uh, suddenly Lucas Mora. Who looks like he was looked like a good. He looked like a classic kind of Conti turning a winger into a, uh, uh, no, a uh, wing back when he played in, in the two previous friendlies. He looked like a Perisic mark too, possibly. And then, <laughs> as if we didn't have enough options, Spence arrives and is very highly rated, youthful, incredibly quick. Had an amazing season playing in that position for Nottingham Forest. Does get forward. Does get crosses in. Looks formidable. Blimey, pick one of them. Who are you gonna who are you gonna pick, Danny? I, I I'd expect Doherty to start, I think. But uh and then we'll you know, we'll see as the season goes on. But I th- I think that I think I don't know what's Davis's situation. Is he gonna return in time from I think he's or? gonna be bad. So they they didn't risk him against Roma, but I think he was available if required. He was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me if the team that started against Roma would be the team then that starts against Southampton. Maybe they won't. Maybe Davis won't start, even if he's back, you know, fit, might not be match fit. And I don't know, between Ben, uh, the three, you know, well, Skip might still be injured. Yeah. You know, it's pick any two out of the four, isn't it, in the centre midfield? What a lovely thing to be able to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he yeah. seems to love Hoybier. Hoybier plays, I mean, since he's arrived, Hoybier, I think he's missed one game or something crazy like that. I mean, if you discount sort of like, you know, dead rubbers in Europe and stuff like that, he just plays and plays and plays. And, you know, sometimes players arrive or things happen, you think, oh, that'll be Hoybier's place under threat. And it never is. But if you look at, yeah, I tell you, the other, the other, guy who's impressed me coming through is Saar. He's they don't they haven't loaned him out yet, the young kid. And he looked for me, he looked really good in, in a couple of those cameos that he played uh against Seville and um I think it was either the the other the other Korean game or, again, or was it yeah, Rangers, Rangers yeah. wasn't it? Yeah he, he just looks through. he just looks yeah, so fun. classy and he did a full he did a full season in uh the top flight in France. I think he's done two full seasons in top flight in France. So it's not like he's a callow youth. So if they don't send him out, suddenly there's five options there. But I personally, I, I've got a feeling, having said all that about Hoybier and who I do like, and I, it's a bit like Hoybier is almost like the midfield equivalent of Sanchez. He's great. He does all the work. You can't fault him. He puts in a real shift, but he's, he lacks a certain finesse. And I just wonder if Basuma and Bentoncourt is the answer because of that, because I wonder if they're a little bit more classy. What do you think, Vaughan? I mean... My my head says Hoiberg will start, if I'm honest, because I just I think 
I think he is exactly the sort of player that Conte likes. He's, he's aggressive, he's reliable, he's mobile, he's up and down the pitch. I have to say, I, I disagree slightly. I think he is, I think he's pretty skillful on the ball and I think it, it often gets forgotten how many incisive through balls, how many nice little dinks over the top for Kane to finish he's done over the past kind of year, 18 months. I, look, I, I just think Basuma, I think when we signed him, I was so excited because he always has an outstanding game against us. In fact, he always has an outstanding game against the top six. And that's what you always measure the so-called lesser clubs, best players together by the metric you measure them by. And I, I, I just think, you know, we've always been looking for that Dembele air, you know, someone who can retain the ball, recycle the ball, move it up the pitch, progress it quickly, play quick, clever balls. And I think that is Basuma. So I would love to see going forward Basuma and Benson called being the starting yeah. pair. But I just think Hoiberg just does so much that Conte wants. And I think he, I think his discipline and his rely, his reliability, especially with Basuma having had this sort of COVID you know, the COVID scare from Korea, I think I think it might be Benson and Hoiberg starting. But I would like to see Basuma win the shirt and keep it personally. The same thing with Jed Spencer right wing back, actually, funnily enough. I think I think it will be Doherty who starts. I agree with Danny totally, but I want Spence to win that shirt and retain it. I, I think the central midfield positions, I think that might be where we see the most uh, rotation. I think maybe depending on the opposition, the situation, you know, if we were away from home, maybe once Hoiberg and Skip just to, for a solid, the most solid base. Hmm. Uh, but then Ben Zucker, he never gives the ball away, does he? Yeah. I mean, He's not shy in a tackle. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. But, no, no, but also the amount of work they have to get through in that formation, you know, that they, 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 if ever, if, if it, there was ever a position to have such great depth in, that's the position in a Conte team, isn't it? Because they've got to be up and down the pitch. They've got to cover the fullbacks. They've got to appear in the box and having four players who can all fight for two positions. I mean, that's, that's what we've yeah. been dreaming of for years. Isn't Absolutely. It? And it's strange actually being back in the Champions League is we, we, we I almost keep, almost forget that we're back in the Champions League because when you're in the Europa League or the conference, you know you're going to have some of those games where he'll play second choice. But I mean, depending on the draw in the Champions League, it's not, it's just not like that. Is it? You've got to play, you've got to play a, a serious lineup in all of those games. So again, you know, thank goodness we've got the depth. It's amazing. We talk about all these players for all these positions and there's so many players that we're not talking about because they've basically been frozen out and transfer listed. So the yeah. size of the squad's huge. I mean, if you think of Lachelso and Ndombele and Winks, they're all bloody central midfielders as well. We're not even yeah. talking about them. We're just desperately yeah. hoping we can um, get some money for them. Uh, the only, the other positions, uh, the front three does seem to pick itself because good option though Richarlison is. He can't possibly dislodge any of those three, can he? No, I, I agree with that. I, I think he, there are games when you think that he might be a better option than Kulisevsky if only for rule pace. And, you know, and, and as someone who can genuinely run in behind, which, which mm. is probably the only thing that Kulisevsky doesn't have the ability to do. I mean, I think he is absolutely outstanding. But, uh, yeah, I think I couldn't see him. I mean, look, Conte always says it, doesn't it? It's not about the 11. It's about the squad. It's about being able to rotate and not weaken the team. And Richarlison gives us that across the front three. His versatility is key. He is great in any of those positions. And he can play as a genuine number nine. He did it really well for Everton in a really bad Everton team last year. But I would say, yeah, I would say Kulisevsky is the one who is possibly the most under threat, I guess. 
we shouldn't forget that, I mean, this season is like no other season with the break no. for the World Cup. So you need a big squad. I think perhaps that's why there was only four preseason games because the season's starting a bit earlier. And, you know, you might see it depends on how far teams go in the World Cup, that when the players return to Spurs, you know, who will be playing uh, immediately after, you know, the World Cup. Uh, so it's it's very important this year to have more than any to have uh, the strength in depth. Five subs, of course. I mean, the difference that makes to be able to keep a squad happy by bringing on players, you know, like there's gonna, they're going to get a lot of football, you know. Yeah. I assume that Conte will empty the bench a lot. I mean, I, I assume all the top teams were. It is so much luck going to be involved. Any of the top teams could have an unlucky World Cup in as much as nearly all their players go a long way or they get big injuries. And it's going to, it can change up the whole... I mean, if you get if you get lucky, if your players don't go too far and you don't get many injuries and you come out of that World Cup at Christmas and you're in the, in the running, you suddenly fancy your chances, don't you? But there's no, there's nothing to compare the season to, really, is there? Like, we, we, no one knows how these squads are going to respond to this kind of pick, you know, start stop season. Who, you know, who's going to be mentally and physically fatigued after in a final? You know, all, all of those things that can come into play. I mean, all bets are yeah. off, really. Which is, I guess, also why it's so exciting to be a Spurs fan this year. It makes it, it, it makes you feel like. You know, I mean, most people have us in the top four for one reason or another. But what you think is in a season like this, it's one of those seasons where anything could happen. And that's the sort of season, if we're going to win the league, that's the sort of season we're going to win it in. I agree. The Leicester year. You know. Exactly. Exactly. It's a bit like that. It's a yeah. little bit like that. The year like no other. And the, the and I, I think we made outstanding signings in, well, across the board, but particularly in premiership proven players who will make a difference, who, you know, if inevitably there'll be injuries and you bring in a Basuma, you bring in a Rashanison, you bring in a Perisic. I mean, these are great players that, that make a squad better. You know, it's... It's it's great business we've done. Do you think we'll buy anyone else? And if we do, where do you think obvious vacancy is or the obvious place to, to that we could do with it one more? I can't see it that we will buy anyone else. I don't know. You never know. Something might come up towards the end of the transfer window. Uh, obviously, it depends a lot on if we can move out these players. Also, and Dombele, Winks. For sure, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to come back in, that's for sure. No, no. Conte's not going to have them anywhere near this team, is he? No. Or the no, squad, even. No, he won't even no, have them no. anywhere near the squad. Winksy's decline has been sad to, to watch, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah, that one is you know, sad. he's come up through the, the ranks, did so well when he was young. I mean, I remember seeing him play at Real Madrid, you know, in the Bernabeu, probably must be five years ago now. I just thought, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is incredible. This is a kid. He's just oh, come out of the ranks yeah. Yeah. and he looks totally at home in this game. Yeah. And then you you cut to now, you know, you just think that it's incredible football. You just never know where it's going to go. He's gone the way of Deli Alley, basically, hasn't he, in yeah. a way? Once he had that, those ankle, was it ankle injuries? I think it was with Winks, wasn't it? And he always, it, it just never, it never returned to those heights pre his ankles going. And I think, unfortunately, because he doesn't have a lot of natural assets apart from being a brilliant metronome, right? And I know Perlo and Iniesta and all those players, absolutely, like, he he is brilliant on the ball, but he's not powerful. And in a Conte midfield, you've got to be powerful. And I just, I don't, I don't, 
yeah, it's sad to see. The others, you're like, you know, just get as much money as you can and get gone, like, you know, the Indominus, those and similar sales. And you sit here, it's so frustrated as you, you know, you read all the, I'm sure we all read the, you know, this, the, the central attacking midfielder, the lock picker, the, someone who can spot the pass and come on and change the game. And you're like, we've got a £65 million yeah. player that we literally bought to do that. Yeah. Rotting and occasionally he did it. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, to answer that earlier question, they are, I would say that, I mean, I would love to see a more attack-minded midfielder of some sort come in, though. And I guess if look, if Roden goes, if Tanganga goes, we we, you know, we we're one short. We know we we can't go into the season with five. Roden's gone. Roden's you know, already gone. I think he's gone on loan. Yeah, he's gone on loan. Okay, yeah. And Tanganga is thought to be yeah going. So I wonder if we will. Yeah, I just I think that I wonder if we're clearing the decks to have a. A tilt at a really good centre back of some, you know, yeah. be it. I mean, it's not going to be Bastoni, is it? However much we yeah. dream, yeah. but whether there is, yeah, whether we are, you know, getting some players out in order to bring in another really high quality centre back. Well, we'll see. So, I guess what what we should do now, gentlemen, is um, create the old hostages to fortune and start talking about what we actually think we can achieve before we before we talk about the specifics of. Uh, Saturday's game and what we think, how we think that'll go. How, what do you think we can achieve this season, Danny? Where do you see us finishing in the league, and what what do you think overall we can achieve? I'd be I'd be disappointed if we don't finish third. I don't know. I've got a feeling that maybe one of Man City or Liverpool will just have a bad season, which you know they do on occasion, and we'll be towards the end. I just think we're going to be the main challengers, and then, but I think we'll fall short, but. That, that's what I think. I, I mean, I, I echo much of that. I'm not quite as optimistic in that I, 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 I would love us to be close. I'd love us to run them close. What you might find is if if the other two go further in the Champions League than us, I think you know if they're a little bit, back, let's say Man City, if they're a little bit behind in the league, and you know get, kind of get this Hulu off off Pep's yeah. back that yeah. you know is underachieved in the Champions League, maybe they'll focus on that and, and and drop off a bit in the league. Yeah, that's that's really true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thinking is that Conte, what he likes to do is win the league. That's what he's all about, and that's what he's that's what he's doing right now, right before our very eyes. Is he's building a squad because he thinks he can have a tilt at the league. If he thinks he can have a tilt at the league, I think he can have a tilt at the league. And the other reason why I'm optimistic about that is that last season, which was which started, you know, stuttering start, and then Conte had, you know, he had no preseason, so we were still were very inconsistent until the run in, but. Um, we still took six, eight, eight points off Liverpool and City. We were undefeated against Liverpool and City. The only reason why there were so many streets ahead of us is because, of course, they took way more points off the rest than us. But we can, this year, with Conti, with the preseason, with the squad he's got and the way he turns uh, uh, teams into point-getting machines, we won't drop that many points against yeah. the other teams. We just won't. Sorry, so you're absolutely right, because what we won't do we won't lose to Wolves. We won't lose to exactly. Southampton. We won't lose to Burnley. Like we will, that inconsistency that haunted us through January and February, that win, lose, win, lose nonsense. I mean, yeah. you, you like to think that he will drill that out of the players. And if we get a great start, exactly. Just echoing that point, the dynamics, I think it's spot on. Like at some point, if, 
if uh, City or Liverpool are trailing in the league and they're doing well in the Champions League, because we know that Conte, Conte's done it before, he's happy exactly. to sacrifice cup competitions if it means going exactly. having a tilt. And I think that's, that's what he's going to. Yeah. That's how, that's how he's thinking, and that's why I think it could be. They'll they'll still be they'll be Spurs fans going. I can't believe it. He's played a weak weakened side in the FA Cup again. Even when we've won the league, they'll still be yeah. saying it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what he's about, and that's what he will go for. And as I say, if we take another, if we take eight points of Liverpool and City again, but we don't drop all those stupid points, then we, we I mean, you just have to do the maths. We're in, we're in the hunt, you know. But what we're saying is, we don't expect us to win the Champions League. We're talking about the other no teams. Chance. <laughs> no yeah, chance. No chance. <laughs> we're talking no. about the others going far in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. No chance in any That's other just a killer's heel, though, isn't it? That's Conte's yeah. Achilles heel. He just, yeah, he gets outmanaged in those sort of two-legged ties for yeah. some reason. I don't know what it is. But I think it's also, yeah, it's just not his thing. His thing is to create a grinding machine. Not that it's ugly football, because the football's pretty good when you know when we're playing well. But it is a machine that gets results week after week after week in the league. Yeah, and I think those other, get the, yeah, two, two legs against Paris Saint-Germain or Bayern Munich is a different thing. And yeah, I agree. It's just not not really his thing. But let's talk about Saturday before we uh, before we wrap things up. Do you think Southampton could cause us? Oh God, cause us problems on Saturday? You do. Vaughan's nodding. I, I'm sorry. I, I am nodding. I because I was that dark night <laughs> when yeah. they did us three two with the same yeah. goal twice yeah. in five minutes. He's yeah. a good manager, Hassan Hutel. He they can, absolutely they can cause us problems. And they, we seem, look, we took one point off from last year, didn't we? And they had a man sent off at St Mary's. Like, yes, it's a trip. Look, it's, we're at home. If we want to be having the conversations we're talking about, we need to, we need to turn them over and, you know, and turn them over with confidence. But I, I do, I think they could give us problems, but I think we will win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Danny? Yeah, I expect us to win. 3-0. I think we'll win 3-0. But, you know, we've had problems with Southampton in the past, for sure. Yeah, they can be. I mean, they blow very hot and cold, don't they? They yes. do. They they they're a streaky side, aren't they? I haven't really followed their their preseason. I don't well, know they, who they, they bought. bought they bought three or four players, but they're all in the full of potential category. So they're good young players. They lost Broja, who was their yeah. top forward last year, so he's gone back to Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. So he. So I think. If you talk to their fans, not that I talk to their fans very much, but what I read from their fans, they're they're going into this season with some trepidation, mostly because they're quite pleased about these signings, but they just don't think they'll hit the ground running. So they're all like 20, 21, 22, and they've all been very promising. They're all like promising under 20, under 21 players from other leagues. So it's going to be tough for them, they think. So we really, obviously, we, it's great. We're all talking, you know, making a case for us winning the league. If we lose on Saturday, it'd be like, oh my God. Mind you, as we always know, first game of the season, there's always one freak result, which is not in any way indicative of what's to come. So bear us that in mind if we City. do lose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like us beating City, yeah. <laughs> all right, so I just want now, I'm now duty-bound to actually demand a scoreline. I've had a scoreline from Danny. He thinks yeah. we'll win 3-0. What's the scoreline, Vaughn? Uh, I'm going to go three one, uh, three one. I think we'll win it late, though. <laughs> I yeah. think I think it will. I think they'll give us tr- they'll give us problems. I think they'll be compact and organised, but I think we'll break them down and we'll run away with it in the end. Three one. Right. I'm going to go two nil early goal and late goal. So it'll be a, we'll be biting our nails until this until the second one comes in. Richarlison. Oh no, he can't play suspended. Isn't he? Uh, yeah, so there'll be a late goal to wrap it up. Well, talking of wrapping it up, I think we've done. I think we've. Uh, I think we've covered it, gentlemen. 
I think we have covered it. I think we're feeling pretty upbeat and optimistic, and that's a, obviously a wonderful thing. To, it's where we normally are. It's, it's not actually. Let's face it. This time last season, we were absolutely expecting the very, very worst. <laughs> yeah. And for a while, we looked like we were absolutely <laughs> right to. But no, things are looking good. It, I've enjoyed this immensely. Thank you very much, Vaughan. Thank you, Danny. Thank you both for joining Thank me. Thanks very um, much. We'll be back next week, of course. And I'd just like to say all the Spurs fans around the world, thanks again for listening. Thanks for sticking with us all these seasons. We'll be back next week. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Theo Delaney signing off saying, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.